0: it's time to raise your voice it's time to be heard because everything counts everything matters good news Christian values Alabama's Christian Talk Radio
1: with Greg Davis Priority Talk Welcome into Priority Talk with Greg Davis, except Greg Davis isn't here. I'm Ray Mellick. I'm happy to be sitting in for Greg today. I've done this before and been on his show and uh, appreciate the opportunity to do that while he i didn't ask greg what he was doing i have no idea he might be uh who knows i'm sure it's something worthwhile whatever it is but uh yeah happy to be with you if you don't know me i have spent about 30 years as a sports writer and sports columnist in the state uh left that and did some other things uh including uh working as district director for congressman gary palmer for a number of years Left that a year ago to be editor-in-chief of 1819 News and get that started, which I left about a month ago after getting uh, doing what I thought I had said I would do there and get it to a point where it is. And so now um, I'm filling in on priority talk for Greg Davis. Happy to do that. So we will be talking about a lot of stuff today. In fact, I think Congressman Palmer will be joining us later on this afternoon. But, but before I start, I gotta, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here because this uh, is kind of a, a, an embarrassing admission to make uh stewart let me ask you a question have you ever played pickleball
2: i have i just got into it relatively recently
1: all right well i I, i'm gonna be honest i I have friends that played pickleball and i always sort of laughed i mean just the name pickleball you know just it
2: does sound weird Mm -hmm.
1: it's not a you know it's not really a manly sort of sounding sport and and i thought well it's for old people forgetting that i am an old person now but um so you know and 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 it is kind of like a wiffle ball for old people. I mean, when I was a kid we played wiffle ball, but that's because you couldn't play baseball in your yard, you'd knock out a window or bust something. So and you could do a lot of really cool stuff with a wiffle ball. So but the friends that I have that played pickleball were like evangelists. I mean, they're out there uh, it's like Moonies when they used to overrun. I mean, everybody's just passionate and telling you you got to play pickleball. And I'd go to different places. Uh, the Gardendale Civic Center is one of the first places I saw it where they turned their basketball courts into pickleball courts, which at the time I thought was just an abomination. A basketball court is a basketball court. And, and, and it's not tennis, it's not ping pong, it's not badminton. Uh, it, anyway, I just, you get the idea. I just I kind of felt like it wasn't uh, a great sport. And then I went to the mountains a couple of weeks ago, see a good friend of mine, and and honestly, uh, there's only so much hiking in the mountains you can do in a you know on a given day or or so much whatever. And he said, hey, they've got these pickleball courts. I just started playing last week. Let's go play. And I'm like, ah, fine, yeah, right. Old people will go out and play pickleball. It was fun.
3: Uh-huh. I
1: mean, I gotta admit. You know, we're we're out there playing, and my, my buddy's a former college tennis player, and he can't play because of injury to his arm. Can't get his head up. You know, do that stuff. Plus, it's it's hard to run when you get old. Um, and so, like this morning, i mean, for the last couple of weeks, I've been going out and playing pickleball in the nice. mornings. And um, you know, it's 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 kind of crazy. Isn't it? You know, but like ESPN, you, you, shockingly, you, you can see pickleball tournaments now on ESPN. I used to hold ESPN as kind of the standard for sports. If something was broadcast by ESPN, it's a legitimate sport. And then they started doing cornhole tournaments on ESPN. And I thought, that's not really. I mean, that's what you do tailgating or at a barbecue with the family or something. And I mean, again, I've. I've played some cornhole tournaments. Cornhole's a weird name, too. Talk about pickleball and cornhole. Cornhole had a completely different connotation when I was younger, but that we won't go there. Um, and then ESPN starts broadcasting video game teams, competition video stuff. And I'm like, that that's... Okay, you got great thumbs. I mean, I don't know what the sport is of, of that. And then pickleball started doing this thing, so that got to be a big deal. Um, but... Uh, but again, I started playing, and it really was. So I've I've been out playing. I've got a good friend. His wife is uh, she's been playing for a year. In fact, there's a tournament down in Foley. She's playing in this weekend. They travel all over to play in these things. And 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 part of it is I realized I am old. You know, I I don't move like I once did. So I thought, okay, this is great. This is a great sport for for older people that not as athletic as they used to be. I don't play one on one. I mean, basketball like I used to. I can't play tennis and. But here's what ruined it for me It's people like you, Stuart. This is this is where I'm ultimately going with this. So today I'm playing, and I'm thinking this is great. This is really fun because uh, it's old people out here doing something, being competitive, just you know talking. If you screw up, nobody cares. If you don't go, you don't dive for a ball because they all know you know. Hey, we got busted hips coming, or, or you know we, we can't afford this stuff. Medicare only goes so far. Um, and I look down here at this other court, and there's like four people late 20s probably playing pickleball and they're playing it at a completely different level mm-hmm. than what me and my guys are playing in probably the way you place to i don't i don't know these they're playing like this is professional tennis they are just hitting topspin and and backspin and and they're at the net and uh, you know what the 30 40 shot rallies going on and nothing's getting past them and it it almost ruined it for me again because i young people don't need to play pickleball this really needs to be for old people it just really you know i think it really should be anyway i, I but i gotta admit i've started playing I, there's friends of mine out there that know that i've laughed about this for years but I, i've kind of gotten into it and it really is kind of fun and it's a great way to get out and hack around and and so today my buddy who was up in the mountains we were up there and then he's he lives here most of the year uh, I called, I said, hey, let's, let's go play pickleball. And we, oh, we're going to, it's going to get rained out. No, 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 we're going to be inside. We're in a gym, on a gym floor. We played on an asphalt court up in North Carolina. He's like, oh, how does it, you know, this is going to be different. It is. And he loved it. I mean, he's, he's an older guy, but played tennis fairly competitively most of his life. So so that was fun. And he's like, hey, you know, we got to call some people and, and uh, make, you know, set up times to go play. I said, no, you just show up. Just, that's the great, at least where I play. And, it, out at the Hoover, at the Finley Center, I'll say it and throw them a plug. I know there's pickleball courts. There's downtown when they redid that City Walk for uh, World Games. They put in three or four pickleball courts down there that I saw the other night when my wife and I were down there walking around. And you can find them anywhere. And churches have them. And people are just playing this thing like crayon. I so I I got them. I mean I'm. In fact, before we went on the air, I was actually looking at pickleball pad I don't own one I have a friend who loaned me hers my friend that that uh, my wife's uh, my, my best friend's wife who plays uh, passionately you uh, me but she had to take it with her to go on this tournament she's playing in hey she has several and so then I borrowed one today from the rec center and it was okay but I thought well, you know I'm, I may have to buy my own pickleball paddle uh, the great thing is so far people are just still playing in like you know shorts and Tennis shoes and there's no like tennis outfits for pickleball yet. Although there are yeah. people that come out and play. Do you have an outfit you played pickleball in, Stuart? Is just that what you
2: Just my regular workout clothes and you know, yeah, gym shirts, t-shirt, yeah, exactly.
1: you know, baseball cap, regular tennis shoes or something. I'm not wearing a
2: sweatband or anything. If that's what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: no. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not going there. No knee pads or anything. Like, and and again, I'm, you know, my hamstrings have pretty much told me we're not going to do a whole lot here. We're not. You know, if the ball comes within a certain reach. We can do it, but don't expect me to 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 do this. A guy did today. We were pretty good game. And this guy dove for the ball, and we all—I mean, everybody in the whole gym—almost held their breath, like, "Oh my gosh, this—he's—he could break something." But he got back up and kept playing. So anyway, anyway, that was fun. We we won't spend the time talking about pickleball by any means. I just. I wanted to make that confession to uh, friends of mine out there that know I've just sort of looked at them askance at the idea of playing pickleball. They need a more a better name for it. I, I, I don't know what it would be. Um, you and some of you, you can put some spin on a pickleball. I mean, you, we used to it with wiffle balls. Did you ever play wiffle ball when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you can do some wicked stuff with a wiffle ball throwing it. And I'm trying to play around now with how to put spin on the on the pickleball. And and there are played with guys that really can, but. Like I said, the young people ruined it. They're just smashing. I mean, top spin coming down around the line. Um, it's a different game, and they're going to ruin it for us old people. So, anyway. All right. So, hey, that isn't what we're going to talk about today, and we'll talk about a whole lot. We, In fact, as I said before, Congressman Gary Palmer from the Alabama 6th District, a lot going on. Um, Biden with student loans. Uh, election results, upcoming elections in November. There's uh, just tons of uh, stories out there that are uh, happening, the Inflation Reduction Act. I, I look forward to hearing uh, Congressman Palmer talk about that and some other things, uh, the Mar-a-Lago search, Ho- whole bunch of stuff. So uh, we'll get to that. Bottom of the hour, he'll be joining us. Come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the student loan, because that's sort of the biggest story in the news today. And uh, you can call us as well at uh, 205-941-1011 and 866-551-9933 on Priority Talk. Ray Mellick filling in for Greg Davis. Uh, Is it not time to take a break yet? It is time to take a break. We're going to take a break. Come back right after this. Get started with some real news, and we'll talk about what's going on in the world. Stick around. We'll be back after this.
2: One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205 701 0191, or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number one, PointUSA.com. OnePointUSA, be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Cullman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. 256-739-3337. That's today's family dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's family dentistry in downtown Coleman.
4: Hey, this is Kyle Eidelman, author of Not a Fan and Gods at War, and you are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis.
1: Welcome back into Priority Talk, normally with Greg Davis. I'm Ray Mellick sitting in for Greg today, and appreciate you sticking around with us. If you are here on WXJC Radio, 101.1 FM, 850 FM, you want to join in, talk about whatever you want to, uh, the numbers are 205-941-1011, or 866-551-9933, um, and happy to do that. I, I guess the one thing, there's, there's a lot that's been going on this week, and a lot we want to get to today. But uh, they finally made it official after. We've been hearing about student loan forgiveness uh, for years, really. I think even back during the 2020 election, President Biden was talking about, or, or at the time, the candidate, Vice President Biden, was talking about uh, forgiving student loan debt. And the numbers, some people want full forgiveness, some want minor. But anyway, the, the president announced today uh, they'll forgive up to $20,000 in federal student loan debt for... Many Americans, it'll be ten thousand dollars in federal student loan debt for borrowers making under one hundred twenty-five thousand a year, or couples making less than two hundred fifty thousand a year, and then those who receive federal Pell grants and make less than one hundred twenty-five thousand a year would be eligible for total forgiveness of about twenty thousand dollars. This includes undergraduate and graduate school. So, uh, I saw one article today that said that basically. Uh, about 70% of this loan relief will go to borrowers in the top 60% of the income distribution. So the wealthiest uh, borrowers out there will get the biggest break. They're the ones that went to graduate school, and hopefully um, they got good jobs that, that, that are making them good money and they can do this. But it's not uh, – it'll be challenged in court, obviously. Uh, there are questions as to whether the president can just – forgive student loans, although I think for the last 10 years, student loan debt is backed by the federal government. Before that, I think there were bank loans, and I don't know how that, if they all transferred. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that some more as we go. Uh, so, I'm sure there will be, just like with some of the vaccine mandates the president uh, issued, I'm sure this will go to court to find out just what his uh, power is. Uh, executive orders have become a real problem really for the last 20 years. The presidents have just used them more and more frequently as Congress has, um, quite frankly, I think, just begun to to sort of pass the buck. And rather than make decisions themselves, they're allowing presidents to do this. And then they complain about it afterwards. Um, And and really, maybe um, that's a discussion that we'll have hopefully uh, later on in the show. But... um, you know i've got three kids they've all finished school and my daughter did get a scholarship to a good school but she had to get loans and then she got out and got a job with a uh, a well-known company uh, she was in the nonprofit sector i don't know what she was making to start with but she had a fairly considerable amount of payment that she had to make on her student loans and she paid them off uh, worked hard to do it uh my second son full scholar actually I think made money going to school uh both uh his undergrad and law school that uh, he got scholarships for in fact his law school that was one of the things we, we joked about uh, he scored well enough on his LSAT to uh we'd said you know we're going to go to the the highest ranked school that gives you the most amount of money so you get out of here with with no debt uh and then my youngest son uh did we we paid for most of his college and he's got debt, so this will benefit him, I assume. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident he doesn't make over hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year, uh, although he would like to, wouldn't we all? Um, but that you know, who's, so who's he get passed on to? Well, it gets passed on the rest of us. This is more of the increasing federal debt that nobody seems to talk about anymore. We had this uh, uh, horribly named Inflation Reduction Act. That uh, even if you say that does reduce inflation and if that does help the economy, this bill uh, is expected to uh, add $330 billion over 10 years. That's more than what was going to be saved by this other. And that's the great thing, it seems like, particularly with this administration, they, they pass one act and say, hey, we're going to cut something here, but immediately we're going to put something in place that, that uh, ends up costing more than that on the other side as one hand goes back and forth. And then it doesn't really address the issue going forward. And that's the one thing I think is getting lost in all this, is that what you know the, the whole student loan crisis is because schools realize they're not on the hook for this money. Uh, they're happy for students to go out and get as big a loan as they can uh, because the schools aren't making the loan. They're getting money from a private lender to pay for their school. So then that encouraged schools to say, well, let's just raise tuition and cost of attendance rates. And we've seen that skyrocket over the last 10 years. But again, if you're the University of Alabama or Auburn or Vanderbilt or, or Montevallo, what do you care? You, you charge whatever you want kids can go get loans. The loans are incredibly easy to get, or even for their parents with Parent PLUS loans. And, and so, there's no incentive to cap what schools cost. Uh, so, this is going to forgive part of a loan, but it's not addressing the problem going forward, which still exists out there. In fact, the federal government's on track to disperse $1 trillion in new student loans over the next 10 years. Uh, so, while we may be forgiving ten thousand dollars worth of loans for kids out there young people out there now who carry that uh and that's a whole nother issue but but we're not addressing the fact that going forward there's nothing to stop a whole nother generation of students getting in debt going to school getting loans or their parents getting loans uh, through the parent plus program which we did my wife and i did uh, as well to pay for my son, my youngest son's education. When you're the third, you kind of get screwed like that, you know. I mean, the, you save money maybe for the first one, or you plan for the second. Sometimes the third, and I was I was the last in my uh, of my family as well. But on the other hand, just to show how old I am, I think when I went to the University of Georgia back in the seventies, it was like five thousand dollars for a year, and uh, which is a lot of money, uh, you know. But uh, not by today's standard, that wouldn't even get you. Uh, your meal ticket at at, at schools now. So uh, there again, what we're doing is just saying, okay, all you people have screwed up, and and our government's so good at this, whether it's immigration, whatever it is, everybody that screwed up, uh, we're going to give you a break here, but we're not addressing going forward what's what we need to do and maybe that's something a conversation we can have if you want to if you've got thoughts on that or even thoughts on student loans and and if you're one of those you know again my youngest son he he owns he owes enough this would i think wipe out so even though in principle i know him well enough to know he believes he borrowed money therefore he's he's responsible he has to pay it back uh Aren't you stupid not to take this? I mean, if you got a chance to wipe out $10,000 in debt and you're young, you're in your 20s, you're starting out in your career, and other people are doing it, wouldn't you do it? Um, I I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't blame him. It's kind of like with all this other federal assistance that we get. I mean, this is really going off on a little bit of a tangent, but it's the same principle that we here in Alabama tell ourselves that we believe in limited government, we're good conservative Republicans, and yet we've been the beneficiary of so much federal largesse, primarily through uh, Richard Shelby, Senator Richard Shelby, who's been up there for for 30-something years and has done a great job, if you think it's a good thing, of bringing money back to Alabama. So, friends of mine from other states, Say, so, oh, you're a hypocrite. You, know, you sit there and talk about you want limited government, you want small government, and yet Alabama is the beneficiary of so much as federal government. Well, if the money's going to go somewhere, is it really do you, do, you, do you blame Richard Shelby or Alabama politicians for taking it for here? Maybe I mean, maybe you should. Maybe we should all be strong enough to say, no, we're not going to take it. Uh, Maybe those kids that really believe in paying for their loan back, they sign the papers. Maybe they should tell the federal government, no, I'm not going to do it. But somebody's going to. Somebody's going to get a benefit from it and, again, doesn't address the problem going forward. So we'll talk more, and we'll have you joining the conversation at 205-941-1011 or 866-551-9933. What do we do about federal student loans going forward? That's the question we always get. What about the future? So stick with us. We'll be right back on Priority Talk Radio right after this.
5: College football is back. The UAB Blazers and the Alabama A&M Bulldogs are taking the field in Birmingham's college football kickoff on Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. The Blazers and the Bulldogs kick off at 7 p.m., but the action will be going on all day at Uptown. Be there to start your college football season in style. Tickets start at just $20. Grab your seat today at uabsports.com. It's the Blazers versus the Bulldogs Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. Tickets on sale now at uabsports.com. UAB football. Win is one.
1: Welcome back into Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis on WXJC Radio, 101.1 FM and 850 AM. Greg Davis, not here. I'm Ray Mellick, and I will be with you uh, for the next hour and a half. And I'm uh, a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on, uh, lost in some of this stuff. I think that, that uh, Dr. Fauci's announced leaving the, his position at the end of the year, uh, which is probably about three years too late. But uh, we'll talk about that and some others. But we were just talking about student loan forgiveness. I know it's been a hot topic. I, I'm pleased that Congressman Gary Palmer from Alabama Sixth District, who is also uh, on the Republican chair of the Republican Policy Committee and leadership at the House, is joining us. At really, I hope for as long as we're sitting here, Gary, you're, you're welcome to stay as long as you want to. How are you? I'm good. I know it's good August recess, you. yeah. so you're 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 visiting, and and as I tell people. Having worked with you before, I know sometimes August you almost look forward to going back to D.C. because you stay pretty busy during the month of August getting around the district.
6: Yeah, I've talked to a couple of guys that asked me about my vacation, and I've pointed out that I haven't had a full weekend off since 4th of July, and my attitude is that we're in the struggle of a lifetime and all leaves have been canceled. (laughs) I'll, I'll rest after November 8th in 77 days. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um before you came in, yeah, I, maybe you heard a little bit of it. I, it's been conversation all day. The president has come out and announced that he's going to forgive if he's got that power, $10,000 for people, at student debt less than 125000 Pell Grant recipients up to $20,000. Pell Grant is federal money, I think, so maybe he's got well, – I don't know. Does he even have the authority to do this?
6: He doesn't have – uh, a pool of 300 billion dollars that he can sit and write checks out of and so many people are uneducated about this ray that it's not like he's going to with with the stroke of a pen just erase 300 billion dollars in debt that's not money that's owed to the federal government that's money that's owed to banks and and, and lending institutions so what he will have to do uh, is pay off uh, those loans uh... you know and he says at ten thousand pop and it's going to increase inflation but it's it's not only going to increase inflation because it it impacts the money supply it's going to in, increase the cost of college tuition uh... and we've seen when the federal government got involved in student loans tuition went through the roof mm-hmm. so he, and i don't think he has the authority uh... That, now i want all your listeners to brace themselves because you're not going to hear this from me very often, but I agree with Nancy Pelosi.
1: <laughs> Hold it. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. You Pelosi, just lost voters here. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm,
6: I'm fearful of this, but Pelosi pointed out that the president doesn't have the authority to forgive student debt. That is, only the Congress can do
1: that. Can he drop a DUI? That's another topic. We'll, we'll talk about that later.
6: Well, he can issue a pardon Yeah. for uh, the Speaker's husband if but he's not going to get convicted. It's California. And, and I mean, for crying out loud, if you can steal $1,000 worth of stuff out of a store and not go to jail, I doubt seriously they'll, they'll do anything about you driving drunk. But uh, the, um, the, the thing here is is the Constitution, and, and, and you knew I'd nerd out on you at some point. Uh, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7, those, all of your listeners can, can look this up says that there shall be no expenditures made from uh, the treasury except by consequence of appropriations made by law. That's pretty clear. Uh, yeah. There's no ambiguity about that at all. And uh, and so I I think that, that there'll be a, a court order at some point that will enjoin this because it's unconstitutional.
1: But Gary, hasn't that particular clause been sort of just wink wink ignored for a number of years well
6: there there are things that that are being done and that i've tried to address i introduced the agency accountability act uh uh, because there's agencies that that are uh, in the executive branch that are collecting fines fees court awards uh other uh financial arrangements uh you know federal leases that are not going to the treasury Uh, The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, for instance, does not get one nickel appropriated by Congress. Their money comes from the Federal Reserve and from fines they impose on financial institutions. And I was literally stopped on the street one day. I was on my way from my uh, office over to the Capitol and was stopped by someone that I, I mean, it was so strange. This individual just said, hey, I work for CFPB and uh, we do audits and i just think you should know that when they send us out to do an audit they don't tell us to do a good audit they tell us to find something which made perfect sense because that's how they get their funding so i introduced a bill the agency accountability act that would require that all uh... revenues uh... regardless of the source go to the, to the treasury subject to being appropriated by congress which is constitutional uh... I have not been able to get that bill moved but uh, I will be reintroducing that in, uh, when we are in the majority and making the case for why that's important because it's one of the ways the power of the purse is supposed to be the ultimate power of Congress uh, to hold the, the executive branch in check. you uh, People hear all the time about checks and balances. That's one of the main checks, maybe the main check, that, that the legislative branch has over the executive branch.
1: So uh, I'm going to go back, because I want people to <clears throat> fully understand this, because I think this is remarkable. So, an agency, like the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, uh, Senator Warren's baby, right. uh, goes out and finds finds a company guilty of some, violating some regulation, and finds that company, that money goes where?
6: To the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It so right back go in to their the own treasurer. pockets. Yeah, it goes to them.
1: And you don't, Congress has no oversight over that Zero. money? Zero.
6: I mean, they thumb their nose at us, and uh, it's uh, it's true of of, of other places, uh, things as well. Now, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say that national parks that are collecting, you know, entrance fees at the gate have to send um, that money back. Uh, They have to give an account for it. It needs to be subject to audit, so we make sure that they're using it for the maintenance and, and upkeep of the parks. but. That's different from what's going on uh, in other areas where, for instance, uh, Alabama's been subject to a number of federal court orders in the form of consent decrees where the state got sued for violating some issue. some outside group, activist group, brings a lawsuit against them, and uh, the state agrees to enter into a consent decree. They would actually be better off if they just went ahead and went to court and lost because whatever the... The action would be would be limited to to the to the, whatever the plaintiff uh, the complaint was and in, in, in the lawsuit. But when you enter into a consent decree, uh, the judge puts it under a special master, and not only does the state have to pay for the lawyers, the special master or the control group, however they set it up. Uh, it's every year they come back and review it. They can change uh, the parameters. So you're you're having to spend money for this and spend money for that, and there's literally hundreds of billions of dollars that are going into various agencies and other places uh, that that are not under the uh, appropriation authority of Congress.
1: Is there even? I mean, can I go look up the consent decrees to know what state, how many that Alabama's under right now?
6: No, there's no database for that, and. Uh, you've done your homework because i also introduced a bill called the settlement agreement information database uh, back when i was still with the alabama policy institute and uh... we were putting out some really good policy papers uh... there was a, a law professor and a uh, deputy inspector general for the federal government and i wrote a paper on how states could protect themselves against consent decrees they were called institutional reform uh, 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 cases and uh, we laid out uh, the fact that you get elected governor attorney general you get elected mayor and somebody brings the budget in and you see all these legal fees and you start asking what the, this is for well they can't tell you because there's no database to look up to see if you're under consent decrees Jefferson County's uh, 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 employment uh, agency is under consent decree and has been for I don't know many years so I introduced a bill that would require the federal government to set up a searchable database so if Ray Mellick got elected governor or mayor you could go into that database look up Alabama look up Hoover or wherever you live and find out it passed the house unanimously twice Uh, I just was informed uh, last week that the Department of Justice has redlined my bill
1: which means what tell that for which people.
6: means it's not going anywhere yeah. else,
1: yeah, so um, common <laughs> sense it seems like seems like that's just something you'd need to know if you're the city of Birmingham or Jefferson County or Montgomery or Mobile, and I've got expenses here. I don't know what they are, but they're endless.
6: Transparency would be a uh, a reason for passing this bill because the public has a right to know, yeah. And, uh, and that's why how I got it out of the House. I made it about transparency.
1: I want to talk some more this stuff with you, but I want to go back to the student loan question or, or the forgiveness bill today. Uh, I'm sure you've talked with your leadership uh, in the House, Republicans' uh, uh, leadership there. What's the response? I'm, we're already starting to see it. And I don't know if people understand. I mean, you're in a minority. There's not a whole lot, unfortunately, that you can really do without getting some Democrats to come your way. But but what do you think the response will be, or should be?
6: Well, I don't know what the response will be from the Democrats, but from us, we will do all that we can to oppose it. And frankly, I think there needs—I think the federal court needs to step in here and enjoin this because, again, it's clear that the executive branch, in this case, the Biden administration, do not have the authority to do this.
1: And they do it after I get my $10,000 forgiven.
6: <laughs> uh, Ray, I'm ashamed of you for even bringing that up. <laughs> no, I kidding. paid my student loans. I know. Uh, and my mom and dad didn't pay them. Yeah. I didn't have any relatives paying them. I paid them.
1: Yeah. No, I, I understand them. That's what I was saying before. My daughter, uh, who you know, uh, working for not a lot of money, but was paying an exorbitant amount and paid it all off herself. And, and, um, uh, like a lot of people have done, a lot you know, a lot of people have done that and, and uh, going forward, so.
6: Well, here's here's the people that I'm concerned about uh, because those of us who have gotten college educations have been able to get jobs that that, that honestly pay enough to pay off your loans. There's mm. no excuse for us unless you got some, you know, left-wing ideology degree, then then knock yourself out. But the people that, that bother me is that guy out there welding. He's, he's putting in his 40-plus every week. And he didn't go to college, but he is skilled, and he's earning a good living, and now he's having to pay for somebody else's college. It bothers me about that mom that's working a second job so they can pay their son or daughter's college tuition, and now part of their taxes that are being taken out of their paychecks is going to go to pay for somebody else's kid's education who, for whatever reason, wouldn't pay off their loans. And I could go down the list. Yeah you know their kids out there working jobs right now they're not they're not in a fraternity or sorority they're not out partying they're working at night to pay their uh, way through college and this is a slap to their face
1: and the, the poor guy that's got a, a loan on his F-150 that he's using to, to for plumbing, he can't get that loan forgiven. But we, we've got to take a break. We're going to have more with Congressman Gary Palmer. If you want to join in and talk to the Congressman, ask him the questions that you want to ask him, it's almost like a town hall, 205-941-1011, 866-551-9933. We'll be back to Priority Talk right after this.
3: Marketing can be overwhelming from website changes, PPC, SEO, SEM, branding, social media, brochures, and everything in between. The marketing landscape is vast and full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with purpose. .Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. That will save you time and money, all while building a traditional and digital foundation for your business. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to
2: their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630.
4: Hey, this is Jeff Kemp, author of Facing the Blitz, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk.
1: Welcome back into Priority Talk Radio. Uh, Normally, Greg Davis sitting in this chair. I'm Ray Mellican here today, and I'm fortunate enough, you're fortunate enough, to have uh, Congressman Gary Palmer from Alabama's 6th District, uh, who is also the chair of the Republican Policy Committee, uh, which puts him in leadership in the House, here with us for uh, the next, however long he can stay here, hopefully right up to the very end. And, uh, Gary, we've been talking a little bit, wide-ranging. I want to go back to the whole student loan issue because, uh, as I said before, before you joined us, getting a student loan is easy. Uh, getting a Parent Plus loan is easy. Uh, you, they don't really even require you to to have a, a credit check. Almost, I mean, it, so if if you're a student in, enrolled in school, you can get, uh, you can't get unlimited amounts of money in undergrad. There are limits. Graduate school is limitless. And the projections I've seen is that they think the federal uh, government will be on track to disperse $1 trillion in new student loans over the next decade that will be issued out there. So is there anything we can do to stop this next generation from repeating the mistake of this last generation?
6: No. I mean, you're asking the government to get involved in everybody's individual's lives to try to save them from their own. Mistakes, and that's not what we're going going to do. Uh, I think there's a number of things that's wrong with education, and at the secondary education level, uh, we've got uh, high schools that are designed to force kids into college, and a lot of those kids are not interested in college. There, a lot of them are not interested in finishing high school, and we have a desperate need for skilled uh, workers, uh, particularly you know plumbing, electrical, welders. Uh, we need to be rethinking this whole uh, post-secondary education philosophy. And I've I've talked with uh, representatives of our universities about working with uh, uh, career schools where someone who's uh, learning to weld could actually take a a year or a few months of business courses and and have some kind of degree from uh, one of our universities without actually having to spend four years at that university. It, it would um, be additional uh, revenue for the universities, but it would be substantially less student debt. And, uh, and it, would, uh, it would help students uh, get in a position where they could have very successful careers in whatever they want to do. But we're not going to be able to step in. And and stop people from making bad decisions. But what we should do is not make it so easy for them that we run up a trillion dollars in debt again. And that's that's what the federal government did uh, that got us to this point this time. Uh, I know a lot of people, and I'm one of them, that I did everything from sweep floors to flip hamburgers, and working in two mobile home uh, f- factories uh, to save my money. And I worked at night. Uh, uh, it did a couple of different places to pay my way through school and of course i walked on the football team i couldn't work during the fall so i had to make money in the summer to get me through the fall
1: mm-hmm.
6: and it's it's an old-fashioned thing right it's called planning <laughs> okay and 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 if you don't have to plan then you, you get yourself in some really bad spots and that's where a lot of people have gotten
1: we don't that's, that's I think what what frustrates a lot of us is we're not we're, we're so f- focused on fixing the mistakes of the past. We're not stopping from repeating the same mistakes going forward. And, and And maybe it's not I mean I agree it's not government's role to do that, but they sure act like it is.
6: Well, what a lot of these students are excited about the, the loan forgiveness are not taking into account is there's three things that drive inflation that drive up the cost of everything. One is, excess money supply well this is going to hammer that we're we're dropping another 300 billion uh here and and in one year and there's some reports out there that the other uh changes that they're making in in the income driven repayment plans which uh uh, ties an individual's loan payment to their income Mm -hmm. and gives them up to 20 25 years to pay it off they're going to lower the amount that they're required to pay right. and, and shorten it down to 10 years and then forgive it after 10 years. That's inflationary. And then, of course, energy costs, which have gone through the roof with the Biden administration, and they're not going to get better. I just saw a report a couple of days ago that natural gas prices yeah. have hit an all-time high, you know, $10 per million BTU, and, 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 and it may hit $12. And then the third thing is is regulatory costs. And the Biden administration the first year in office added over $200 billion in regulatory costs. Uh, and then what they want to do and raising taxes on businesses, businesses don't pay taxes and, and they don't pay regu- uh, regulation costs. That all gets passed on to the consumer. So these young people who think this is all great and wonderful, uh, they're going to pay a price for it.
1: And debt forgiveness is also sometimes treated as income for tax purposes and they're – Biden said this won't be. So here's another thing at least, you know, um, that affects the, the bottom line for the government as well. Uh, income tax. Yeah.
6: Well, yeah. It's, it's just uh, one dumb decision after another. And what they're doing is trying to buy votes. And I'm hoping the young people, even if, if this were to go through, which I'm hoping it doesn't and, and it shouldn't, I hope young people will think more about their future than the short term uh, because it, it took me a long time to pay off my, my student loan, but I had manageable payments and I didn't go out and try to buy a brand new car and, <laughs> and, you know, make a lot of other, uh, decisions that really put me in a strain. Uh, um, you can live well, uh, and, and still be able to meet your obligations. And, and I think that's where people need to be. It's, Again, it's called personal responsibility.
1: I think I saw a number, and I, you correct me if you know the right one, but it's only like 40 something percent of the Americans have college, four year college degrees mm-hmm. anyway. So we're, we're essentially going to be asking 50 something percent to uh, to foot the bill for at least part of what those other 40 percent, the ones that haven't paid off their, their debt, what they're doing. So Well,
6: the 60 percent, the 40 percent that have a college education. Make substantially more money than the 60% who don't. Yeah. Yet we're going to ask that welder, that mom working that second job, uh, you know, the truck driver, the farmer, to to pay off the to, to pay for excusing uh, the college debt for these people who have college educations who are going to who arguably are going to make more money than they do. Well,
1: not that you would do this, but just, you know, the, the average guy on the street, I would like to say, well, are you going to throw this back in Nancy Pelosi's face? Speaker Pelosi, you said he does not have the authority to do this. Now, what are you going to do about it? I mean, can, there, can that form of a question at least be asked of her?
6: No, because she it's all about politics. I mean, if it sounds hypocritical, it is, because they're hypocrites. Uh, you know, And nobody's confused about what, what this is really about. Yeah. It's just whether or not you want to – you're willing to go along with it.
1: Yes. I'm not. Uh, Two issues, I guess, that they're banking on for November. This is certainly one of them. And then the Roe v. Wade, uh, the abortion issue, I know Democrats Mm -hmm. are going to run real hard on it. We can uh, talk about that as as well going forward. But um, uh, I don't think anybody doubts that this is an election stunt, basically. I mean, it's been talked about for two years, and it's just, oh, he just now happens to do this.
6: Ray, I know – you know, they, I know what the Democrats want to run on, but hopefully people are going to wake up. They go out and they pump gas, and, the, and gas prices come down, but they're still more than a dollar above what they were paying in December of, of 2020. And people are struggling.
1: Yep. That's Congressman Gary Palmer. He's going to be with us. Call us, 205-941-1011 at uh, Priority Talk Radio here. I'm Ray Mellick filling in for Greg Davis top of the hour. We'll be back right after this.
5: College football is back. The UAB Blazers and the Alabama A&M Bulldogs are taking the field in Birmingham's college football kickoff on Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. The Blazers and the Bulldogs kick off at 7 p.m., but the action will be going on all day at Uptown. Be there to start your college football season in style. Tickets start at just $20. Grab your seat today at uabsports.com. It's the Blazers versus the Bulldogs Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. Tickets on sale now at uabsports.com. UAB football, win is one.
0: It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian talk radio. With Greg Davis.
1: Priority Talk. This is Priority Talk Radio on WXJC 101.1 FM, 850 AM. I'm Ray Mellick filling in for Greg Davis and pleased to have uh, Congressman Gary Palmer with the 6th District of Alabama in with us for uh, the rest of the show. And if you want to talk to him, Uh, 205-941-1011 or 866-551-9933. Gary, uh, NBC News had a survey that uh, Chuck Todd reported this way. He said, For the first time ever, when asked what's the most important issue facing the country, the top answer was not an economic issue. It was threat to democracy, higher cost of living, or jobs, or guns, or even abortion. Now, the problem with that is, for the first time ever, it was the first time that question had ever been asked. So, technically, Chuck Todd's correct, but it was a little bit misleading in the fact that what, what was the top uh, issue being a threat to the democracy had never been on there before. When you get down below that, uh, 21% uh, I named cost of living, 14% jobs in the economy, So there are people out there that are obviously talking about the real issues that face them every day. You're, as we said, you're here during August. This is not vacation. It's a chance to spend uh, time with the constituents that you represent to get out there and meet with them and talk with them, which you do on a regular basis. Uh, What do you hear from people? What's the I I, I know we, we joke that sometimes your town hall is every Sunday morning at church because people always want to stop you and talk to you about what's on their mind. What are you hearing from folks?
6: I don't disagree <clears throat> that this might be the top issue on people's minds, the threat to democracy, the threat to the the country as we we know it. But I think Chuck Todd and his crowd want to tie that to January sixth, and that uh, I would say on the va- in the vast majority of american people's minds that 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 didn't even come into their their thought pattern. I think they're watching what's happening here with the president who. Thinks with a stroke of a pen can just pay off 300 billion dollars in student loans. Uh, you know th- that they can make laws through administrative uh, agencies and bypass Congress. That they can have the State Department take over military decision making and give us the disaster that that happened in Afghanistan a year ago. I mean, it was a year ago yesterday that right. we had 13 uh, U.S. service members die and and. You, I, I think you knew this. I was working directly through one of my staff with people on the ground over there, and uh, when that bomb went off, uh, I contacted uh, part of our leadership team and said, uh, "We just lost." At that time, I thought it was uh, nine or ten soldiers, and and the response was, "Oh no, the Pentagon says that." we've got some who were wounded but not dead. And I I responded, no, I'm looking at a picture of the whiteboard inside the command and control center inside the Kabul uh, airport. Uh, There's 10 dead. And then it turned out there were 13. And we're dealing with uh, an administration that lies to the American people on a regular basis, that lies to members of Congress. So yes, I think It ought to be on the minds of every American, this threat to democracy, this threat to representative government. That's uh, being played out right in front of us, Ray.
1: We do have uh, Robert on Line 1 wants to talk with Congressman Gary Palmer. Robert, uh, you're on with uh, Priority Talk Radio, Ray Mellick and Congressman Gary Palmer. Robert?
7: Yeah, good afternoon, Ray. Gary, let me tell you, brother, we appreciate you so much.
1: Thank Uh, you,
6: Robert
7: fantastic you've done so many things uh your district is we're very proud of and we're praying for you because we know that tremendous pressure that in the position that you have that you're in it every day you're in the battle every day you know and those of us you know i run a small business and it's just a battle i mean everything is like what you said is so true they don't want a america that's free And it's eventually going to come to the churches. They don't want freedom of religion, as long as you're willing to bow down. Remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I think about them. You know, we're all going to be cast this fiery furnace eventually. From the standpoint of you've got to believe their dogma. You know, wokeism is a religion. You know. Yes. And um, they are pushing it, and they've got all the guns pointed at us. And as Christians, we're we're going to stand up, and we appreciate you, and we're praying for you. And I listen to your comments.
6: I appreciate sure, thanks
1: that. Thanks, Robert. Yeah.
6: Well, I was talking to a guy today, and uh, and I I get frustrated a lot of times with uh, church-going people because there's about thirty percent of them not even registered to vote, and I hear people say, "Well, I don't think my vote counts." Well, it doesn't if you don't cast it. I can promise you that. You have surrendered. And I've literally heard people use Romans 13 and say, well, we're being subjection to the governing authorities. Well, read the rest of it. It says, for they are ministers of God to execute justice, to do you good. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of people that I deal with up there are not ministers, not not in the sense that we think <laughs> of. But the other thing is is that people make those comments and 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 say, well, you know, we're just supposed to submit. And and I remind them that when Paul wrote that, nobody got to vote for Caesar. We get to choose who rules over us, and that is an enormous stewardship that I think we'll be held accountable for. And we're paying a price for not doing it now. So, I don't think all is lost. I, you know, I'm constantly having to encourage people to to stay in the fight and try and encourage people who have, who have not in the fight to get in the fight. Uh, because there's so much at stake here for our future. And, and like Robert saying about the assaults on the church and our faith and and how everything good is now called evil and everything evil is now being called good.
1: Robert, thank you for that call. This is Congressman Gary Palmer on Priority Talk Radio, 205-941-1011, 866-551-9933. Ken from uh, Rimlap, which I love because that's Palmer backwards. Oh, backwards yeah is on with us uh <laughs> Ken you're on Let's with you Congressman Palmer. <laughs>
4: hey uh, hey Mr. Palmer
1: hey, Ken.
4: Um, I got I got the chat with you before you went into office there was an open forum at a place over in Hoover and uh man you you blew me away you know you're like so down to earth you know I'm glad we got somebody like you in Washington.
6: Well thanks Ken uh, I grew up in Hackenburg Alabama and uh, And a family that uh, wasn't dependent on the government to take care of. My dad had about an eighth-grade education, and uh, my mom had finished high school, but I grew up going to the woods with my dad in the summertime, skidding logs with mules, and uh, just learned that the value of work and and really the pride that you take in work. Mm -hmm. And that worries me about people because the suicide rate – Right now, for people under twenty-four, I, I, is the highest ever recorded. And I just—I think they don't have a sense of their worth that—that that comes from taking responsibility for things.
4: I, I think that's the one of the biggest problems. The first, I think, the first is we're not seeking the Lord as a nation. Yeah. And the, the second is the work ethic is not there.
6: Well, I, you know, I, I mentioned in talking with Robert that I you talked did. with a guy today, and I. I Wanted to remind him that, you know, when um, the children of Israel first got to the Jordan River, and they sent the spies in, they came back and said, "Oh, we can't go in there; we're going to get whipped," and and uh, that was just an abdication of 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 the of the power of of God that had been over them the entire time. And then and then they decided, well, we will go in, and they got in. They they did get whipped, but when they finally went in. The way the Lord wanted them to go in, it was Jericho, and uh, and they oh, yeah. they had a really strange battle plan. You know, <laughs> march around the city every day for seven days, and that seventh day you're going to stop, and you're going to shout horns, and you're going to yeah. blow the horns. And when they did, the walls came down. and And I'm I'm afraid there are a lot of people think that that's what we're going to do. But I got news for you: when the walls came down, that's when the battle started. Yeah, that wasn't the end of the fight. That's when it started, and. We we got to prepare for that,
1: Ken.
4: And, that, and that's what it's all about, you know. Unfortunately, we try to do things under our power, but yeah. so we need to do them
1: through him, you know. Yep. Well, but, that, that yeah. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, we appreciate Ken. it. Yeah. I mean, there is, you know, it's we the people. There's a personal responsibility, and I love the fact that you point out uh, when when Paul wrote those words and throughout the New Testament about subjection to government, he, they didn't have any say. You know, they're yeah. under government that's putting position on on top of them, and and we do. We do still have a say, and we have seen in this state where one vote can make a difference in the local elections, and the local elections are important. We need to take a break. Let's come back and talk some more about that. This is Priority Talk Radio on WXJC. Ray Mellick filling in for Greg Davis with Congressman Gary Palmer. We'll be back after this. <laughs>
2: One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser. And that's today's family dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256 739 3337. That's today's family dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256 739 3337. Today's family dentistry in downtown Coleman.
4: Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Greg Laurie, pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship, and you are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis.
1: 522, if you're on your way home, this is Priority Talk Radio with uh, Greg Davis. Uh, Ray Mellick filling in for Greg Davis here on WJ WXJC. I am with Congressman Gary Palmer from Alabama's 6th District. Uh, the number is 205-941-1011 or 866-551-9933 if you want to talk. Gary, I've done a, a – and you have, too. We've both done a lot of radio shows. I hosted one for uh, quite a few years. This might be the first studio I ever went into though that there was a Bible here on the on the uh, desk. I appreciate that. Uh, that's Greg. That's what he stands for as well with Priority Talk.
6: Well, that's how I met you. Uh, I was doing a show with, with Leland Whaley and met you and Chris Stewart. But you know, in that last segment, we we're talking with Ken about uh, how Christians just have failed to to engage and. And I know everybody's busy, and they're they're just working uh, as hard as they can to make ends meet. And uh, but I, the last point I want to make about what Paul wrote in Romans 13 and being subjection to the governing authorities—that's that was written to the Romans, the government that took his life, and he was obedient to the end. And I'm not saying that we all all all, all decide to go out and lay our head on the block, but at the very least we can get up. Two or three times every two years and, and go vote. That's not asking a lot.
1: And the presidential election always brings a lot of people out, and I get that. But these off year elections, and even your local elections that don't fall in November, like we just had one for school board members and city council members, those are when you only have, like for the primaries, 20% turnout, 10% for a runoff. Uh, that's just an almost – and it's not just Alabama. Looking around the country, you saw the same thing in primaries. I think Texas 14 percent in their primary. It's
6: just AOC. Um, uh, yeah, that's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez beat one of the most powerful Democrats in the House, uh, Joe Crowley. He was a guy that was planning to challenge Pelosi for Speaker, and uh, she beat him. That's because less than thirty thousand people turned out in that district in New York City,
1: and the districts are roughly seven hundred thousand people.
6: Seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, yeah. And less than thirty thousand turned out, and she won with less than seventeen thousand votes. Yep. And that's what happens, and you wonder how these just these crazy people wind up in Congress or on school boards or in you know city councils. It's because we've abandoned the field. And and when you're not on the field, you can't win. Uh, you can't hold them back. And we've got to have good people who are willing to, to take whatever's fired at them, uh, and 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 fight for our country. You, I, I just hope and and pray that people realize that we're in the fight of a lifetime for our country. And uh, and in summers, I I won't say for the church because the church is always going to be there it's always going to be a remnant and some of the the most vibrant uh, faith movements in the world are in some of the most oppressed places yeah. in the world but i i don't want us to have to get to that point i want I, I want to see people stand up for this country and say this has got to stop
1: you almost can see how the church the 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 uh Core of the church has moved around the world, and it's almost where the oppression either drives it, or now, in the case of China and Asia, the the fact that in Korea, South Korea, where the church is just just booming there, um, there is a division within this country. We're told that constantly by mainstream media that talks about this. Uh, I saw it, you know, Jonathan Turley. I saw an Mm -hmm. article the other day where he felt like red states need to create almost a NATO-like alliance where when a California or a New York issues a boycott, and people may not know California has 21 states, they've put on a boycott list. Turley suggests that states ought to have a reciprocal agreement where if they boycott one of us, they boycott all of us, and we all need to respond. I don't even know if that's constitutional because we don't have that.
6: It's not unconstitutional. It's uh, because the states uh, can govern themselves. Uh, what you need to make that happen is is some strong leadership from some governors. Yeah. And uh, that's where that needs to start. That shouldn't be something initiated by Congress. Because no. I, I, yeah. And I wasn't. We shouldn't be getting sticking our nose in the state's business, but the state should come together, and uh, and and protect themselves.
1: And alabama florida georgia mississippi or all louisiana are all on this boycott list from california i was looking at the list today and i know this isn't your uh, professional or your your political environment i was just curious to you as a, a, a guy that understands the country um this division that's out there how, what, what do we you know is there how do we combat what do we do
6: well first of all it's not working for california because they're hemorrhaging yeah. people I've told people that, you know, if I were to start a business after Congress, it'd be uh, a rental truck business located in California because I'd be renting every truck I had for people trying to get out. And um, what states ought to do in Texas and Florida, uh, Tennessee and others are really doing a good job is creating the infrastructure and, and the uh, and the conditions for companies that are looking to get out of places like california and illinois and new york these are all places that are that, that like i said are hemorrhaging people they're leaving and uh, and the people who are leaving are, are fed up with with the governments in those those states it's it's those are not places of opportunity and so they're looking to to come to places where they can start a business or move a business and raise a family and yeah. And, and live in a place that, that still respects law and order, and in some cases still uh, uh, have people who live uh, with faith in God.
1: We've only got a, a couple of minutes left and and uh, I did want to ask you what you thought of uh, Governor Greg Abbott's sending busloads of the immigrants to New York City and Washington and the mayor's there calling that a stunt, but it's his way of pointing out the the lack of control and what they're dealing with in texas on the border uh we've only answer, got about a yeah
6: i can answer that are we coming to break Is yeah
1: we got a break here in a minute maybe I'll, that's i'll answer
6: that after the break
1: yeah i think that's a question i know that you've been there several times and that's another uh thing that's been important to you throughout as well as energy i know you've you've, you've thought a lot from the very beginning of when you went into office on on their energy policy and even had a deal with the debt. So, um, This is Priority Talk Radio. Normally, Greg Davis. I'm Ray Mellick, WXJC Radio, 101.1 FM, 850 FM. The numbers are 205-941-1011, 866-551-9933 if you want to jump in. Congressman Gary Palmer, sticking around with us until the top of the hour to finish out the show, and I appreciate that. So, uh, stick around after this break. We'll be back for the last half hour of Priority Talk Radio. College
5: football is back. The UAB Blazers and the Alabama A&M Bulldogs are taking the field in Birmingham's college football kickoff on Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. The Blazers and the Bulldogs kick off at 7 p.m., but the action will be going on all day at Uptown. Be there to start your college football season in style. Tickets start at just $20. Grab your seat today at uabsports.com. It's the Blazers versus the Bulldogs Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. Tickets on sale now at uabsports.com. UAB football, win is won.
6: And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis.
0: My life be like... My life be like...
1: This is Priority Talk Radio. Up till 6 o'clock, we'll be with you to the top of the hour. Hopefully get you home uh, from your job. I hope you have one. I hope you're working because the uh, unemployment rates are incredibly low, but the participation rates are... Also low, and that's another story in itself for, for maybe another day. This is Priority Talk Radio. I'm Ray Malik. Uh We're talking with Congressman Gary Palmer, who represents Alabama's 6th District and has since 2015. The number here is 205-941-1011 or 866-551-9933. Gary, before the break, I had just sort of asked you what you thought of Governor Greg Abbott in Texas uh, sending busloads of migrants to uh, New York City, and also up to uh, Washington D.C. and the outrage from the mayors there that are saying, "Well, this is a political stunt." How can dare? and Abbott saying, "Hey, I just want you to understand what we're dealing with down here in Texas." What?
6: Well, it, it just it exposes the hypocrisy of these left-wing uh, politicians in these cities. I mean, uh, first of all, the fact that that they bust a few thousand i went down to eagle pass it's a town of maybe 30,000 and i sat in a meeting with with ranchers and farmers and small business owners uh and many of them hispanic they've been there for decades or or longer and this one guy ray i guarantee he was every bit of six five, two hundred eighty-five 285 pounds if if anything and he sat there and wept uh he said that he was so glad that his kids were away from uh, at college and not at home because at night he and his wife won't turn the lights on because they don't know who's crossing hmm. their property. And uh, this other guy who is a, a rancher put a fence around his yard. He has a, a, a son who's 10 years old and a daughter, I think, 16. They he bought a not his of, whole
1: ranch. He's talking about just where his, just he his lives yard. in his yard. Just yeah.
6: his yard. And bought two guard dogs and when the daughter would go out to feed the the farm animals or whatever went outside she carried a handgun. Mm-hmm. That's they're planting their crops and, and coming in at the end of the day, you know, these are people that get up at the crack of dawn and they work till till dark, trying to, to get the crop in the ground and, and get it up and then they'll the crops will come up and they'll come out and they'll see their fences are torn down, their crops trampled down. And the other thing that people need to know about the people who are doing that most of the people who are crossing the border want to get picked up by the Border Patrol because they'll pick them up, they'll take them in, they'll give them a health screening. If, they'll, if there's some health issue they're dealing with, they'll get treatment, they give them a cell phone. And then they put them on buses and take them to the airports and fly them to these cities. Now what people ought to understand is that these, these mayors that are complaining about the buses have said nothing about the flights the airliners that have people on these flights paid for with US tax dollars that are going to these cities and they said nothing about it it was only after Governor Abbott made it so visible and the bus is very visible and made it uh, and, and really made it a public relations effort that they started complaining because it starts exposing them and then this other thing about I asked the, the head of the Border Patrol in, in Texas, South Texas, about the fact that they say that there's half a million people that got away. That means they saw them, but they couldn't catch them. And I asked him, I said, well, what do you think the number is of people who, who you never saw? He says, probably about the same number. Remember, I just told you that most of these people go straight to the border patrol and turn themselves in because they, they want to come here and they want to get processed and they want to get relocated and stay here. The people who are avoiding contact with the, the border patrol, those are the ones carrying your fentanyl. Those are the ones who are forcing young women into sex trafficking. Those are the ones who are, who are trafficking in firearms. They want to get away. And among those could be people who are known terrorists or associated with terrorists. we picked up known terrorists at our border, and the exact number is classified.
1: And I know you had an interesting conversation one time with a uh, was it NPR reporter mm-hmm. that tried to say, well, but, Congressman, it was only 10 terrorists that we know were picked up. Uh, is that really enough to worry about?
6: Well, what they were doing was they were trying to score cheap political points because— uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders had said that there were thirty-something thousand people that were interdicted at our borders uh, that uh, had ties to terrorist organizations, and what she meant was ports of entry. That that could be an airport right. in a foreign country, a, or a, a you know a port. And and I I said that's clearly she she misspoke, and and as as the host uh, on uh, NPR pointed out. She said there were only six, and I said, well, it only took 19 to carry out 9-11. What's your number? Do you have a quota that you think's acceptable of known terrorists coming into our country? And of course, she was stunned when, uh, when I pointed that out, that any known terrorist that crosses our border is a threat to our security rate. It's one. It could be two. It doesn't matter. If they're known terrorists, they're a threat.
1: I'm going to change topics. We've only got to another 20 minutes here of the show, and I know energy is something that you have been uh, thoroughly involved in, for, even before going to Congress. Mm-hmm. You've really done a lot of study on this, the resources that we have, the fact that we were exporters of energy uh, before this current administration. I also saw where Russia now uh, reopened, where well, they had the gas uh, providing natural gas to Europe for heating and now they are threatening or have said they will shut that down which is a clear power political move I think. Give me your thoughts sort of on where we are energy wise and what you see as the threat out there and what 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 we ought to be doing, what we can do if we get control of the, the, the Congress back.
6: Well what's going on in Europe should be very instructive to us. Uh, I, I really do think that you've got some unbelievably ignorant corrupt people in Congress pushing this Green New Deal, and, uh, you know, they may sincerely believe that we can replace our entire power grid with renewables. That's not going to happen. Prior to running the uh, Alabama Policy Institute, I worked for two international engineering companies, and we don't have a continuous power grid. It's a patchwork grid, and it requires a consistent base load. You do not get that with solar or with, with turbines. And so what? Uh, when I've questioned some of these Democrat witnesses about it, they say, oh, we'll back it up with natural gas. So what they're saying is "Is you're going to have a redundant system. You're going to have a natural gas power system for the days when the wind's not blowing and the sun's not shining. And that's just nonsensical. When natural gas is, is a, a, uh, a very clean burning uh, fuel particularly, here in the United States, our natural gas has 42% fewer emissions than Russian gas. Uh, and, or when you could go to nuclear. The nuclear has no emissions. And when people talk about, well, what do you do with the spent fuel? The new technology allows you to recycle those spent fuel rods. They retain ninety percent of their energy capacity. That's what France is doing. Seventy percent of their energy comes from nuclear. It's it's the great it's Great Britain and, and Germany. And Spain and places like that are really going to struggle, and they're going to pay an enormous price this winter. I'm, I'm very concerned that there's going to be thousands of people die because they can't uh, keep their homes adequately heated, uh, and still afford their food and medicine. These are people who have, you know, respiratory illnesses or cardiovascular issues. So what you're seeing right now with with, with Russia invading Ukraine and threatening Europe. Is, is what we would face if we went to renewables and made ourselves dependent on on rare earth elements that you have to have for solar and, and turbines from China it's insane so I, I just uh, I've spoken on this uh, several times last week and I, I made the point that you could take one next generation nuclear facility and it would sit on 640 acres to generate the same amount of power from a turbine uh, uh, facility would take 70,000 acres and the, the, the next-gen nuclear will generate power for 100 years, the turbine 30 years. And each each one of those individual turbines starts losing energy uh, generating capacity after 10 years and you can't recycle the blades. They're burying them in giant landfills hmm. in Wyoming and any of your listeners can Google this and look it up. and. and and see uh, what's going on with this stuff. And the same thing's true with solar. Uh, Those panels are not recyclable and they're generating life cycles only about 30 years. Natural gas is 60 to 65, but we're making enormous mistakes uh, that not only have consequences for the United States, but have consequences for the rest of the world.
1: Um, Real quick, Gary, we're gonna be up for break and I know it's a long conversation we could have about this, but uh the debt oh, it, some people out here will feel like it's just, congress has just thrown up its hand and don't even nobody's talking about the, the debt anymore and that, that it's getting out of hand or that it's already out of hand
6: i'm not throwing up my hands and i know my colleagues aren't but what people need to understand is there's so much uh, misunderstanding about the power of, of a individual congressman or even uh, the body of congress when one party's in the minority we have zero power we we can't even get a, a conference room without getting permission from the majority we can't get a bill to the floor we can't get it in committee you can file it but and i've filed several bills and they all go in the hopper they all get a number but they never get to committee
1: yeah it's uh and and right now there's no way almost no way to get anybody from the other side i mean there's almost no uh, bipartisanship true bipartisanship they, you know they, they touted if you get one then they go oh it's a bipartisan bill cuz one person crossed over but that wasn't the way it used to be
6: that's baloney uh, if they were sincerely concerned about the debt they wouldn't have passed the 1.9 trillion America rescue plan no. which just jump us into inflation they wouldn't have passed the the lie, the, the misrepresentation. They call the Inflation Reduction Act what it really was was the Income Reduction Act. That puts another three or four hundred billion uh, uh, puts us in debt another three or four hundred billion, and then this student loan. That by the time they they do all of this, it, it could be well over four hundred billion. They're not worried about the debt. Uh, we are but they're yeah. not.
1: We've got to take our last break here on uh, Priority Talk Radio. We're with Congressman Gary Palmer. We'll get you through the top of the hour. Uh, stick around. If you've got a question, you can call in at 205-941-1011 or 866-551-9933. We'll be back after this.
0: Priority Talk.
3: Marketing can be overwhelming. From website changes, PPC. SEO, SEM, branding, social media, brochures, and everything in between. The marketing landscape is vast and full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team That will save you time and money, all while building a traditional and digital foundation for your business. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to
2: their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630.
1: Hey, Birmingham, this is Christine Kane from the A twenty one Campaign. You are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk Radio. dignity. Appreciate you being with us today on Priority Talk Radio. I appreciate Greg Davis allowing me to come in here and sit behind the microphone for him, trusting me with his show for the day, and I'm sure he'll be back tomorrow or somebody else will be in the seat. I don't really know, but uh, it's been fun for me to get back behind radio where I spent a lot of part of my career in an earlier life, and I appreciate uh, Congressman Gary Palmer being here with us for the last hour and a half, Gary, with your I know a lot going on and a lot getting out there and seeing p- folks in the district during this month. It's not uh, – you don't get a month's vacation. You don't get one week's vacation every month. I keep, You know, we, we dealt with those questions before. and uh, I know Ethan Weiss is your district director now, and they keep you busy when you get here to get out and make sure not only that you – and you want to get out and see people, but they make sure you get out and talk with the folks you represent and keep those com- communication going.
6: Yeah, we we get out and – visit businesses. We uh, did a little tour of a grocery store in Calera last week and talked with people who are you know struggling with real issues. These people who run these grocery stores they're they're people who live in the communities. They're uh, they're trying to keep food on the shelves for people. They're having supply chain issues especially with the baby formulas uh, issue that we've, we've been dealing with. And So I try to get out and hear from real people. I, I don't do polls. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd rather go out and talk to somebody and and uh, just hear from people.
1: And you know, it, the, the big thing, and I know you see this too, is just hiring people. You just people can't find people to work.
6: Well, a lot of that we're paying people not to work. And when you see these really low unemployment numbers, people need to know uh, that back in two thousand nine, the Bureau Bureau of Labor Statistics changed how we count unemployment. They stopped counting people who quit looking for work, who dropped out of the workforce. So now what my staff and I look at is the labor participation rate. Right. And it's the lowest it's been in decades. So I think you,
1: Alabama's 57%, which is yeah, it's almost like one out of every two people is not even trying to work. So w-
6: what you got to look at is, well, are these people getting unemployment? What government benefits are they getting? Uh, we're paying people not to work. And, and I think a lot of this is fraud. I mean, when you've got as many job openings as we have and, uh, and, and people will come in and apply for a, a job and, and, and work one day and quit and then apply for unemployment, that's fraud. So there, we've got to address this and we've got to address it the right way. Kansas uh, did this a few years ago when they uh, imposed work requirements on able-bodied adults that didn't have dependent children and it it was transformative for a lot of lives there were people who didn't know uh what skills they had until they got in the workforce and 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 realized they can do pretty well and i mean making really good uh salaries and but we're we're basically saying that that your talent doesn't matter your imagination inspiration doesn't matter we'll just you just stay home and we'll take care of
1: you i talked with a a College professor, one time we talked about minimum wage jobs like McDonald's, and he goes, You know, the turnover rate at McDonald's is like 115%. You don't, you don't, that's not a career, but it's a first job, and you realize you can do better than that, and those people go on to other jobs or get promoted into management right now at McDonald's because they're desperate for people as well. uh Let me ask you here in a couple minutes we got left. Uh, November's coming up, big election. We want to. In this state, we want to see Republicans get control of the House and the Senate. Two questions. Uh, One, how do you feel about both of those? Particularly the Senate seems to be more questionable. And number two, if we do get it back, but you've still got a Democrat president, what do we hope to see over the next two years?
6: Well, I think we're going to get the majority back in the House. And uh, what I'm working on is to get as many people elected to the House as we possibly can because the bigger the majority, the The better it is for you for getting things done. The other on the Senate side, I don't know. Um, I think that we should be able to to get the Senate back, but right now it doesn't look like that. Uh, but again, as I said very early in the program today, uh, people really don't start thinking about uh, elections until after Labor Day, and we'll see what happens then. Uh, we'll go back into session in, in Congress on September thirteenth and sometime that week uh, on the Republicans are going to release our commitment to America. And these are things that we're going to, to introduce and get passed. Now, I realize that we won't have 60 votes in the Senate to overturn, overcome a filibuster, but I feel like we've got to lay down markers for the American people that tell the American people, you give us the White House, the Senate, and the House, and this is what we will do to bring down energy costs, to lower to bring down inflation, to lower the cost of living, to to allow people to make a good living and provide for their families. Uh, this is what we will do to secure our borders this is what we will do to restore uh, america's standing in the eyes of the world and dealing with china and other places like that Uh, i'm working on a number of initiatives that i think will really have an impact but people have to understand uh, the limits that we have when when we're in the majority but they still have the white house and, and and we don't have 60 votes in the senate there's a lot of stuff we'll pass ray that won't get taken up in the Senate, and what does get taken up in the Senate will go down to, to the White House, and Biden will will veto it. But we're not going to stop with that. We'll keep working, and keep uh, explaining the American people what we need to do to get our country back on the right track, so that when that time does come, when the American people trust us with the House, the Senate, and the White House, we can deliver on it.
1: That'd be a great place to end it, but I'm going to go, and I almost hate to do this, but. College football's coming up here this weekend, Gary. And I know, you, of course, you walked on, played at the University of Alabama for Coach Bryant. Uh, I saw Gary Routledge the other day, and it was good to catch up with Gary. The, He's a the, great guy. A really good guy, and we talked, about whatever. Uh, SEC expanding, I, I, you and I have not really talked sports in a while, with, with Texas, Oklahoma eventually coming in, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten, landscape of college football changing. You, you're, you've been around... You love college football like I do. What, what's your sense of where that is right now? Well,
6: everything's changed. I think name, image, and likeness is one thing. But this these col- uh, collectives that are raising money, uh, that's totally different. Because with uh, NIL, it doesn't matter who the player signs with. They're going to get an NIL deal. But with these collectives, they're offering a lot of money to go to that school. And that's that's a contract. I think we're going to run into a lot of problems with that down the road that could result in lawsuits and and claims of uh, misrepresentation uh, for getting these these players, and you could wind up with them being like the NFL, unionized. But I think eventually we're going to wind up with you know 60 or so teams and a super NCAA-type deal, and, and, and that's where the money will be, and that's where the players will go.
1: I don't think this is the right way, but I want to ask the question. Is there an appetite in Congress – a lot of people feel like the NCAA, when they passed the NIL or let that go, they were hoping legislation would step into place to somehow control it, so they wouldn't have to control themselves. Do you think there's any kind of an appetite for that?
6: The only place where I think uh, Congress could act is in regard to the collectives, but uh, the NIL, I don't, I don't see a role for Congress, and and anything we do would probably
1: make it worse. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, I appreciate you, Gary, for uh, representing the people of 6th District of Alabama, uh, for being here with me for an hour and a half. We've been friends a long time, and I appreciate that as well. Uh, And uh, that's it for Priority Talk Radio. Greg Davis, he'll be back tomorrow. This is uh, 101.1 FM, 8.50 AM. And uh, come back tomorrow. See what's new on the radio show and uh, keep in communication with folks. Appreciate you listening to me and uh, have a great night have a great day and uh, get out and vote
7: a power